The Retro Lounge is a look back into the archives of the Recruiters Lounge podcast with Jim Stroud and Karen Matinen. The Recruiters Lounge podcast posted weekly between the years of 2005 and 2010. With energy, wit, and opposite points of view, <laughs> Jim Stroud and Karen Madden discussed, debated, and squabbled like children over HR issues that affected the workplace and society overall for the benefit of all who would listen. Way back, let's see, July 3rd, 2008, the title of the Recruiters Lounge podcast episode was Racial Politics in the Workplace. <laughs> and this is the original description. Why am I called African-American when I've never been to Africa in my life? Karen and Jim both want to know, should companies be compelled to create prayer rooms for their employees? It's almost happening in the UK. And if I am checking my BlackBerry in the checkout line, I should get paid for it. If you use a company phone to send text messages, does the employer have the right to read them? The answer may surprise you. All this plus a few shameless plugs for new websites. Tune in to another exciting episode of the Recruiters Lounge podcast. And this retro episode, again from July 3rd, 2008, will begin right after this. Do you love four-letter words? Who doesn't? And then you mix recruiting news and insights in with those four-letter words. I'm Cheese. And I'm Chad. And we are the Chad and Cheese Podcast. Tune in wherever you listen to podcasts. We, we out. out. Recruitment marketing, as compared to maybe employer branding, is all about getting your message and your story in front of the right audience. It's a lot to manage. And what Practive Talent does for our clients is we help centralize. So you have one partner, one vendor to help you manage all those relationships. And not only that, we help you track the effectiveness of every media dollar you spend on hiring so that you know in real time that you're getting the greatest ROI for your marketing investment to attract great talent into your company. We help our clients with recruitment marketing in a couple ways. One is in recruitment marketing strategy. And with that, we really take the time to help you build the right strategy. And then we get mutual approval on that strategy before you spend a single dime. The other way we do this is through our agency of record service. This is a partnership with you where we're able to reach out to publishers on your behalf to negotiate better pricing, to execute on media campaigns, uh, and really act as an extension of your team. Some of the benefits that our clients have seen working with Practic Talents Recruitment Marketing Services is an overall reduction of 30% cost per applicant. That's really significant. It's showing that we're able to leverage great technology, programmatic, and we're also flexible and scalable. We're platform agnostic. We're always gonna use whatever the greatest and latest technology is, whatever the best platforms are to help create efficiencies in your media purchasing so that you're always on the cutting edge. For more information on Proactive Talent, visit them online at proactivetalent.com or click the link in the podcast description. Radio, radio, radio Innovative audio on demand. Hi, I'm Jim Stroud. And this is Karen Matten and welcome to the Recruiter's Lounge. The Recruiter's Lounge is a podcast of news, interviews, and commentary on the recruiting industry. And it was designed with you in mind. So sit back, relax, and enjoy your time in the Recruiter's Lounge. 
SGA, Executive Tracker Pro, is an online service providing contact information on thousands of executives at each of the top public and private companies. And here it is, people. It is 100%, yes, 100% telephone verified, constantly updated, highly accurate, and comprehensive. With SGA Executive Tracker Pro, you have at your fingertips the contact information of C-level executives and all of those essential director and management level personnel that you just can't seem to find anywhere else. Listen up, people. SGA Executive Tracker Pro can dramatically shorten the amount of time it takes you to find the best leads. Hey, pick up the phone right now and give them a call. Tell them Jim Strauss said, I could have a free 15-minute online demonstration of your product. And I want to see it right now. The number you need to make that happen is 518-843-4611. That's 518-843-4611. And, of course, you can also find them online at www.sgaexecutivetracker.com. And welcome to another session of the Recorder's Lounge. And this is Karen Matman starting off because Jim said, like he did last week, he didn't want to start off with the same thing. So here uh, next to me is the most beautiful, most wonderful, Jim Stroud. Say hi, Jim. Hello, everybody. Jim Stroud is here. (laughs) That was perfect. I was being you. Okay, so that made you feel good? Did you get something off your chest there, Jim? No, not really. You sure about that? Yeah. Yeah. Well, okay. All right. I I don't usually you start this off, so I'm gonna kind of like go a little stiff here. You know, I'm not used to this. But since he's giving me the lead, okay, Jim Bo. That's why I call him Jim Bo. Tell me, what have you read recently? Um. Well, I've read a couple of things. Okay. Uh, well, you know, I'm always reading stuff. Yes, of course. And that's why you're starting us off today. So give us some good stuff that you read recently. Well, um, there is some controversy. There's always controversy somewhere. Mm-hmm. Over in London. And wait, wait, wait. London? Okay. Yeah, London, UK. Actually, it may not actually be London, but it was in the UK. For us Americans down here, why would we care about London? Well, London is... You need to care about what's going on in all kinds of countries in terms of HR, because no matter where it happens, if it's not happening here... It may happen eventually. Yeah, that's a good so point. So it's good to watch, see what's going on across the pond. You know, you're, I, I know ANSI, I think is the name of the association. ANSI? Yeah, I think if I can remember the the actual association member name. Um, ANSI, A-N-S-I. Okay, I just know that's what it is. It's some kind of regulation company. Mm-hmm. They tell me they watch all the time these different things that happen in different companies in different I mean, different countries, mm-hmm. and then they report it back to the government, cause they, and they also report it to associations or to groups. Like, for example, there's something, some legal issues happening with lawyers, and they'll go to the bar association and say, hey, England's doing this with regards to bar. You guys might want to be aware of this because this could be adopted by our legal. Board. And that group is called ANSI? A-N-S. A-N-S-I dot org. A-N-S-I dot org. Yeah. That's a new one on me. I don't think I've heard of them before. 
Yeah, they're huge. I know they've been around for a long time, and I think they have a they do they have a lot to do with like self regulation of industries. They're the ones who do the you know when you see uh, com you see something okay it's called American National Standards in this, in this Institute. Oh, still haven't heard of them. You know when you you see something that's supposed to be like something certified, uh, they have these like little comments about something is certified with regards to safety and stuff like that? Yeah. They said the guys that do that. Oh. Okay, I'll see. I've somewhat heard of them. but Okay, yeah. I, I, I know a lot of it has to do with self-regulation, but they watch other countries. They had mentioned that. They tend to watch the standards of other countries and then go to the government and go to these associations, and they also try to fight it all. <laughs> That's what, okay. Okay, back to you, though. So, yeah, thank you, because I, I, I had almost forgotten. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> oh, it was, it was in the city of London. And actually, I have the article right in front of me. It's from okay. this article, from this magazine called Woman, Woman Alive. Okay. Uh, I'm not sure how I came across a magazine called Woman Alive, not being a woman, but... You were thinking uh, about me so, or your wife? I, I don't know. I just came across it. Okay. Anyway, I'll read the first paragraph. Said employers are being urged to provide prayer rooms and quiet space to meet the religious needs of employees and to promote diversity in the workplace. And a guide launched this week in the city of London. So this group, this action group, is asking employees, "Hey, keep in mind the different diversity you have here in the workplace and provide prayer rooms so that people can, you know, um, pray towards the east or whatever their religious affiliation is whenever they want and mm-hmm. uh, just make it the workplace a bit happier. Uh, well, that reminds me of something that happened here in America. Yeah, and I, was, I really wasn't all that psyched then. But, but tell, tell them what you're talking about, then I'll get back to my point. Well, go back to your point, and I'll tell you what I was thinking of. Go uh, ahead. I was thinking that, okay, it's, it's certainly nice to have a uh, prayer space in the office. Uh-huh. Um, if the employer wants to do that, just to be nice. But okay. I think if it gets to a point where it's required, that makes me nervous. Because then what if um, you have a, a place for, I don't know, people to practice their Muslim faith, but no one in the office is Muslim? Then the company has spent all that money to have these different places together uh, in the in the office for these uh, for these particular uh, prayer um like a better word, prayer people. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a needless expense for the company. Ah. Uh, now I would suggest. Now I I have no problem whatsoever with having a space set aside, but to make it mandatory, I am against that. I mean, I would. I don't know. Jim. I would. Nobody had. You know that what? Go, go in the. Okay, before you go there, I want to paying extra money for it. I, I I just don't see that. Well, okay, let's go with the con of the conversations we had not too long ago about you have to have a mandatory room for women who are lactating or women who are breastfeeding. Ah, la, 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 la. See, there we go again. Ah, la, la, la. That's the reason why. You just Ah. said the reason why. Because you know what? But what if no one in the office is breastfeeding? Because, okay, you just got uncomfortable even just talking about breastfeeding. You see? So that's the point. I don't want to have to see you praying or, or celebrating. Well, hey, you never see me breastfeeding. I guarantee you that. 
Right, but I don't want to have to see you praying either. I don't want to see you celebrating your right to prayer. But see, that's something that can be done in the privacy of one's car or, you know, maybe out in, in the parking lot or someplace. I'm not against, and you know, I'm, I'm all for praying in the workplace because you, you hear about these, these accidents happening, about people getting mad and shooting up the place. You know, you need a little extra inspirational protection. I, I, well, you know, I'm going to... But, I'm going to, but for the record, I'm against compelling a company to build something for to support uh, a group's particular faith. Well, you see, and there's the question that I have a problem with what you're saying, because if you go ahead and say we won't allow Muslims or our individuals to have that, then what we're going to then trickle down to ADA. So we're not going to make accommodation, reasonable accommodation for people who are dis, uh, that have disabilities. Or we don't have to make, you see, as soon as you just, you do, you take away somebody's rights one place, they'll find a way to take it but away. But it's not a right for you to pray. Absolutely. It's a privilege. It's a privilege for a company no, that to an employee, but it's not. It's not a right. Like if, if I am, uh, let's just. I always think of Muslims, but beyond Muslims, there are a lot of different types of faith. Okay, you do know what you know what Title Seven is in regards to EOC, right? No. I think it's Title Seven. Please, and I don't want anybody emailing me because I am very tired. I've been up since five o'clock, so I'm not sure if it's Title Seven. It's just race or not. But in regards to discrimination in the EOC. One of the things that are protected is religion. Yes. Okay. Now, how do you qualify? But you know, but you know what? How do you qualify religion? Because I could make up a religion on the spot. Sure. And you have the right to do that. That's beautiful. Hold on. Wait. Let's go down this path. My religion says that I do not work on Thursdays. Okay. And that is when we're having a big meeting. So I'm going to say every Thursday you can't get paid then. Okay, regardless. Okay, hold, what about regardless of being paid? But what if my employer says, "Hey, this meeting is mandatory," and even though your new religion said you can't you can't uh, do any work on Thursday at at two p.m. when that meeting is, uh, then I'm have to let you go because everybody I have to make sure that people are going to be here because the only time we can have this meeting is on. I'm going to give you a perfect example of what happened. I'm a, please let me hear me out on this one. Okay? All right. This is about Dale and Sperion. Um, Dell and Sperion both kind of kind of fired they kind of fired people employees because they weren't Muslims who wanted to pray at specific times. Okay. Yeah. So you know these employees actually left the job site expressing the importance of their request to conduct their sunset praying, and in accordance to their Islamic faith, not Muslim actually they're Islamic. Okay. Mm-hmm. So these guys there was agreement that was created. Okay, because there was going to be this huge, massive lawsuit, okay? But they, and this is, they ended up having this wonderful little agreement that worked out. One of the guidelines that they came up with, that they instructed the managers and supervisors to grant paid time away from an employee's work area for prayer as long as those requests are reasonable. Okay, that's a re- you know, in, in other words, is it going to really cost you tons and tons of money to have the person go pray for 15 minutes? And, okay, no. And can that person maybe make up the work and extend extra 15 minutes for after work? No. Oh, no. And maybe a room for them to go ahead and do this for, so that you don't go ahead and create some antagonism and hatred or resentment or hostility. So that's what they wanted to. Part of the agreement, okay, this is where it got interesting. Part of the agreement was that they, Dell or Surion were to receive additional training on their current practices of religious accommodation. Again, it's accommodating people who are 
different and allowing people to be able to feel or express their difference without a discomfort. Now, let's talk about me. I am truly a different kind of person. You guys always This is true. Yeah, I mean, I'm totally nuts and crazy and everything else. And just even today, I was told I should temper myself. I need to calm down, I was told. I should mellow my voice because I kind of, like, create this problem where people don't express themselves and people don't want to hear what I have to say. Obviously not the people who listen to our podcast. Obviously. Or people who also email me by the droves to say thank you. Obviously. I mean, I told that person, I said, you know, there's two people that I really respect, Bill Maher, and mm. this is going to freak you out. I'm not a Bill Maher fan. And you're probably not a Howard Stern fan either. Mm, only in very, very small doses. Okay. I just I just don't. I'm not a big fan. No. See, I'm the Howard Stern and you're Robin, okay? <laughs> Who's Robin? Oh, the um, the black woman who yeah. co-host. Yeah, yeah, you're my Robin, right? <laughs> I don't have the breast to be Robin. <laughs> I'm teasing. Anyways, the reason I admire them is not always for what they say, because I mean, sorry, Bill Maher says some things sometimes that really kind of uh just get my cross. Only sometimes. Yeah, sometimes, not all the time. He sometimes he just well. Okay, we have different political beliefs, and people know that. Okay, mm. we won't go there. Okay. Let's not go there. Thank you. So, anyways, Bill Maher, you know, especially when it comes to God, okay, he loves to berate people who believe in God. Because he's atheist, I think, right? He's totally atheist. Okay, well, but, you know what? That's an interesting point. What if there? I know they've had some issues around this. Just sort of diverge a little bit for what we're talking about. Mm-hmm. What if the office wants to have a Christmas party? Mm-hmm. And they can't call it a Christmas party because everybody else has their different affiliations. Yeah. Is that really fair? I think that if we want to have... But it's obvious that's what everybody's... I think okay. there should be a Christmas party, there should be a Jewish party, there should be the atheist party. Why not have it? Why can't we all have it all? Okay? So you don't like Christmas, then don't go to the Christmas party, but go to the atheist party. Or okay? Just, or just don't come to the party at all. Just right. Play. There you go. Let me have the so right why not, to be Christmas. Well, why change you have the right Christmas to be holiday? Not. Pardon? So why change it from Christmas party to holiday party? Well, the problem is, is because, again, they this is where you take American Constitution and flip, flip, flop it, okay? It takes away the rights of people who are willing to say, I want, because you want to go ahead and satisfy the minority who wants. And I've never understood that about America. Why is it that the minority sometimes wins so much? I thought it should be a because, majority. Because people who are minority, they, they make their voice loud enough, then people will, I guess, placate them to shut them up or but then, fear of reprisal or this new political, political correctness, which is a religion. And a, well, here, let me ask you a question. You and I are both minorities. Okay. Depends on where you are. Pardon? Depends on where you are. Well, yeah, it depends on where you are. But let's just say in America, we're considered to be minorities on a general basis, right? Mm-hmm. Me, I have the double whammy, all right, because i got a female going with me as well, okay? And can you imagine, though, if there hadn't been a Martin Luther King who had had his voice heard? Dude, I'd still be in the back of the bus. I, actually, I wouldn't even be born because my mother and father would be illegal for them to have married. Mm. My father being white, my mother being biracial. So, I don't know. I mean, there's a pro and con to that, too, isn't there? I suppose. I mean, seriously. I mean, can you... There's a lot of but people... It's, it's, you know, it, but there's a lot of white people who resent our voice, by the way. 
There's a lot of, you know how I can tell you that? Let's go back to, let's go back to employment again. Let's say an HR world here. Yeah, that's what I'm wondering. 2,000% discrimination is up in the last 10 years. 2,000%? That's a lot. Even today, it's actually higher today than it was last year. Why? Why is it that we are now, what, 60 years? 60 years since we've been, since the EOC has been around? Is it 60 or is it 50? What is our 40? 40? In 40? Tell me, help me out here. Is it what? Got, what is it? 1960 says 40 years. 40 years. Uh huh. It's 40 years. Right. More actually, or less. Affirmative action has actually been around since the 1800s. Most people don't know that. Just to give you a heads up. But the Civil Rights Union movement has been around 1946, I believe it was, or 64, sorry. Thank you. So here's the issue. It's 40 years, 2008. We've got more diverse people. We've got a lot of rainbow kids in America, but yet there's still such high-level discrimination. I want to give you a little bit of tidbit history that's interesting, too. I live in California. There's a lot of discrimination against Mexicans. They call them all kinds of derogatory names. I'm not going to use them because I don't want anybody coming back and hitting me hard on them. But well, I'm going to use them. Bean pickers, you know. They call them asparagus pickers. They call them all kinds of stuff. They said they are not smart. They're not intelligent. They're dumb. They're ignorant. You want to know what's interesting? Do you know that Mexico City has more graduates than America does? Yeah, you know what'll stop discrimination, and the one with a different topic. But you know what'll stop discrimination, especially what? If they had more, they banned if more uh, groups like the ones you mentioned start their own business, support their own communities, become an economic powerhouse. Dude, you know that. And it wouldn't matter. No, and we tell you what happened. It wouldn't happens. matter. It wouldn't matter. It doesn't happen that way. Do you know women don't you like hiring? If you have a big company and you're discriminating against someone, it's because they're working for you. No, honey, women don't like hiring other women. For some reason, do you know minorities tend not to hire more, minority owners tend not to hire more minority-owned people? Again, it goes to the point of supporting your own community. It doesn't happen that way. And I don't agree with that, by the way. I really don't because I think it creates a sense of reverse discrimination. I'm going to give you a perfect example. Let's look at black entertainment TV. I hate black entertainment TV. I also hate Miss Black America. Cannot stand even the concept of Miss Black America. Oh, she's cute. Well, let me explain why I can't stand it. Mm. Can you imagine if we try to pull an all-white Miss America? Or are all white American school? I see your point. What you're saying is so. So uh, we, actually, we may have a point of, of agreement here. So it should come to a point where we drop the uh, hyphenation yeah. in in the description of of our identity. So it shouldn't be African American or Chinese American. Oh, or oh God! I hate that term. It just be American. Holy shit! Okay, okay. I wrote that right about this. Let's let's go with this a minute too. I'm originally from the Caribbean. I just got my citizenship not too long ago. I've never stepped foot in Africa. I could tell you right now, if I ever went to Africa, I'm probably going to want to leave immediately. There's no way that I'm going to want to live there because it's highly poor. I couldn't even live there a day for less than a week. There's a lot of poverty, a lot of crime, and I'm going to tell you, you know, genocide just doesn't fit well with me, okay? I know that's not all of Africa, and I know I'm kind of stereotyping, but that's my perception when I think of Africa and what's been the minority causes down there, okay? Mm-hmm. I mean, Mandela did spend how many years in jail? Okay, so let's go ahead. I am not African. I am not black either. I am biracial, and I'm proud of that. 
But somehow the other people want me to put black on a on a form, and I'm like, dude. And just why is that? Because they have to uh, keep being sued. Label. No, I'm not. You mean and it make sure they're not being pinged by the government. That's oh, you know what? Feel. No, because I get it from our own too. If I say I'm biracial, people say what? You're not proud being black, and I'm like because I'm not. I got a mother and a father. I love both of them, and I'm sorry. I'm not gonna go take preference over both sides of my race. I don't know what race I am. I call myself a mutt, but you know what? I got genes from both white and black inside of me, so I'm not going to go ahead and say, hey, I'm going to go ahead and identify with just with my mom or identify with my father. I'm sorry. You know, I'm a you know, biracial person, and I'm proud of it. I'm a rainbow hey, well, well, part of the reason why the hyphenation persists is because, like I was, I was trying to say earlier, Companies don't want to be sued for being discriminatory, oh. but they want to say that we have, they want to be able to prove that we have X number of African American, X number of Asian, X number of disabled, whatever. I say and those possible. And those classifications are given so that the companies can protect themselves from being sued uh, for being discriminatory. And I think that it's because... And that's why they're on those, that's why they're on those reports, and that's why when you fill out... I don't believe that. I believe that's that before. because... I do not. I believe that this continues to perpetuate because there's a bunch of people out there who, like, for example, let's take Reverend Jesse Jackson. Mm, do we have to? Oh yeah, we do. See, you you rest my case. Oh, because he's black, and I can't believe he said that, and he's a racist. Oh gosh darn it! But then again, let's just go with the comment about Obama that recently happened. They did a his him and his wife did a little hand job together, and all of a sudden he's now what a terrorist. And that was a terrorist sign? I mean, come on. We perpetuate it because we want to perpetuate it because, you know what, we love to create the role of victims. Who's the victim? Is it the white Americans or is it the black Americans? Is it the people like me or you? Always somebody has to have a martyr victim role. That's what I perceive. Well, part of that is because there's money in that. Absolutely. Let's take, for example... If we could say that there's a war for talent, there's money in that. If we could go ahead and say that there's, you know, there's no, there's no um, shortage of employment, we can make money. Or there's a shortage of employment, there can make money in that. We could create the hysteria about avian flu, which, by the way, <laughs> I'm still waiting. Well, let's not call that up. I'm sorry. I don't think that's going to happen either. But, you know, what we do need to wonder is why is it that we had spinach and lettuce and tomato go bad and, and you know we have all these botulism and this and salmonella and all these other different diseases. Why is it that we're not questioning that? You know a site you need to look at, what? and anyone else who may agree with you uh, about um, about the classification of Americans instead of just saying you're just American. Period. Mm-hmm. There's a site uh, that I'm looking at right now actually called DropTheDash.com. Hey, you know what? By the way, no, hold on, check it out. Let me spell out. Let me spell out people who want who want to check this out. All right, drop the dash. Just like it sounds. www.dropthedash.com. Drop the dash.com, and it's a. It looks like it's a political action movement to remove the classification of, of Americans and take off. Actually, it's only a. It's a great point because you know Americans are the only ones who do classification. And by the way, do you ever heard the word term Mustafino? The what? Must uh, yeah okay. What? What's it say again? Mustafino. Mustafino? Yeah, that's a, a quadroon. Yeah, that's from the 1800s. 
No, actually, it depends on what country you're in. Well, I mean, they use it over here in the 1800s. Um, but yeah, but um, depends what country, because still it's still used in some countries. There's different co- levels of black, and for every level you are, there's a different character. So it depends on the percentage of black that you have in you. Okay? Right, right. So you, you they use that. They, they use that to describe slaves um, in the 1800s. Exactly. Like what, so this a person who's Mustafino has. Um, a quadrant, for example, has only got a quarter percent black in them, obvious, right? But, yeah, but also keep in mind in that time period, they say if you had one-tenth of Negro blood, you were black. Yeah, absolutely. You could have blonde hair and blue eyes and still be considered black. Like my kids, I keep wondering what... If you had a black yeah. cousin, right. Because my kids have Hispanic in them and Mar and white and black and Portuguese. Oh, my God, can you imagine the mutts that they are? <laughs> I mean, so you look at all the aspects of... America pretty much is the only one really who term use a lot of the terminology of black and white and segregation as heavily as we do. I think what you said once about classism makes more sense. Classism makes more sense to me than than racism does. It really, I mean, I although I'm not saying that I don't understand racism in this country, I'm just saying if someone is is black or Asian and they got a lot of money, then chances are it's not going to be this. It's not they're not going to be. Uh, what's the word? Abused as much because they have the money and they can just say, "Well, you know, forget you. I can start my own company." I don't. I agree with that. I think it's. And that's, you thing. know what? And that's what I want to. See. I want to. I want to see more minority-owned businesses or the so-called minority. Or that's the part that people keep missing. The problem is, is that I hate to tell you this. I mean, there is a guy that movie was made up about t- not too long ago, and this man will not even go and speak at a school in the ghetto in Los Angeles unless he gets twenty thousand dollars. Now, what does that tell you? It tells me that um, he set his prices and doesn't want to change under any condition. He won't even help, excuse me, quotation, quotation, his own. That's the way the comments are made, okay? I personally say, well, okay, why can't he go to either black or white schools, but either there or not, but, you know, the black community is in the arm about this. I kind of think, though, in a way, look, you know, I don't know how to put this. I mean, I think that there's a lot of poor people, white and black, Hispanic, whatever. And I live in, you know, in California, and I see and watch tremendously a lot of classism, and I also see a lot of racism. But what we also see is that certain schools get more money in certain zip codes from the government, a lot more money than other schools do. You see that in Georgia? You see that in Tennessee? Oh, you definitely see it in Georgia, but I also would say in, in regards to that, how many of those uh, zip codes you're referring to, how many are apathetic to the political process? How many are saying, oh, this is us against them, and they a don't care about me, so I'm not even going to try. I'm not going to make Nothing's going to change because they think they have a victim mentality that it's not, never going to happen. So that's those, the point. That's those, good zip point. Co- those zip codes who are vocal, who are in the process, who aren't apathetic, they, they, they voice their concerns, and it changes for them. But the problem is, is that it makes an outsider, like, for example, I try to give back as much as I can. And the reason I try to do that is because I recognize that in America, some of these people, okay, I, I mean, they live in California, but they've never even seen the ocean. And they live in L.A. and still never seen the ocean. They don't even know what a library is, far less to go to a library to learn how to pull themselves out of the system. Nobody's told them that they can. And so, to me, I do find it particularly, I think it's just outrageous when people who have pulled themselves up, cannot take the time to go back and teach others 
how to pull themselves out. Let me switch gears here because we, we, we beat that topic to death. Okay. Well, let me ask you this. Say you're in the, you're in the employer seat. So you're, you're the man, so to speak. Okay. All right. Now, should you pay someone uh, overtime if they check their BlackBerry while they're at the dinner table? <laughs> or sending an office email or posting a job-related blog post if they're doing it from their bed at night just before they go to bed? You say, you know what, I'm in bed, I'm going to turn over. Is it employment-related? Yes, because there was a spat, a fight over at ABC News uh-huh. uh, over paying some writers. Um, yeah, they got to do it. It's on their own time. Yep, employee-related, they got to do it. Hey, I'm not supposed to talk about but that. I, but I, but it's, it's, this is this, from the employee side, hey, I'm actually doing work, so I should get paid for it. From the employer side, they're, they're saying, well, dude, you hear 40-plus hours a day here, about 40 hours. It doesn't hours. matter. You hear 40 hours a day, and I see you goofing off. Uh, on eBay and checking your MySpace page. So don't give me any, any noise about checking your BlackBerry real quick when I can walk by your office and I can see you on eBay. I can see you on MySpace. Well, then you know what? Then that's the company's. Okay, if the you're company's. Wasting, you're wasting the company money screwing around on the net. Hold on. First off, the company needs to put out, set up some protocols so that the employee isn't going to be wasting any time on the net. Oh, how can you govern that? Oh, you make sure no these firewalls so they can't get on sites like that, like they do it all these other companies. Over 70% of companies have that on their sites. Uh, do you know what? If you block certain sites, then mm-hmm. I, I would. This is, this is my speculation. Okay. If you were to block sites like Amazon or uh, I don't know, maybe eBay. eBay, a few others, then I think what's going to happen is people are going to, going, instead of just taking a few minutes to goof off for a few minutes and get back to work, you're going to have people taking off more time to do this stuff, and they can just sort of knock it off real quick and go I Here's a question to you. What did people actually do before there was a, before there was a computer? You mean they actually worked? It, Come on. I mean, seriously. It's different ways. No, no. See, there's it's a different. It, I, it's like a Flintstone. I, I, let's do a Flintstone example, uh, and, I, and I'm fully aware that Flintstone was a fictional cartoon. All right? People are people, uh-huh. regardless of the time period, regardless of, of the history. Uh-huh. People, if you're going to go to work and you're going to goof off, you're going to find a way to do it. Whether you're doing it on the computer, where you're going around the cubicle to cubicle talking uh-huh. to people, uh, whether you're in the bathroom reading the newspaper on the stool. I mean, uh-huh. if you're going to find a way to do it, you're going to do it. Re- well, here's the deal. If I don't see you working at the damn desk, I mean, this is on behalf of the company. I'm not agreeing with everything I'm saying here, okay? But if I don't see you working at the desk, and I'm not counting, because remember, I can count your key, I can count your strokes on the computer. I can count, I can send, see the hours you're spending on the telephone, okay? I can count what you're doing, okay? And if I can see that you're not being accountable to your time, then you can be gone, and I have a reason to fire you. See ya. But see, that's, but, but see, that's not even a true um, accounting of what I've done. Wait, say if you, you can check my keystrokes. You see what I'm doing on my computer. What if I walk away? And I'm not at my computer, but I'm in the break room doing notes there because I want to just get away from my cubicle for a minute. And then if you can show that you've been doing that, then that's fine. I mean, again, are you been on the phone? Look, I don't know. I mean, it's like, okay, straight up, if I'm working on company's time, on my time and I'm doing it for the company's rather to say, if I'm doing it on the company, then the company has to pay. Look, there was a just recently, um, and I've got to be careful how I say this because I promised certain people I wasn't going to mention this too much, Okay. A particular comp industry company got sued, and the reason they got sued is because they were not paying their employees overtime. 
You see, the recruiters were going home and picking up the phone and calling from home and stuff like that. And, of course, people keep saying recruiters are exempt and they're not. And so they weren't paying them for the overtime that they were doing for the work that they were doing. Hey, you know, they're taking away from their their family. They're working to try to make money for the company. The company's making a million dollars because of this recruiter. So if the company's making a million dollars because of that recruiter spending time at home working in the night or in the car driving home, then guess what? they got to pay them for the work. It doesn't matter if you're doing it from the comfort of your bed if the company's making money out of it. Okay, well, let's, let's go to that a little bit more then. Okay, say they should get paid. If they're checking their BlackBerry home, get paid. Mm-hmm. If they are uh, checking their email while they're in, in the line at Walmart, your favorite place. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm not going to go there, but go ahead. That was sarcasm, people who uh-huh. watch the show. Um, listen to the show. All right, so how should they be compensated by that? Should they put in that they've done 2.1 minutes of overtime? 36.4 seconds on this, you know, three-minute, you know, on that. The same way they would log it at, if they were in the office. What are their salaried employees? They break it down by the hours as if you were to be an employee in the office. And, I mean, that's just it. There are salaried employees, by the way, you don't get that. You only get it in working on the hour. So you don't get it if you're a salaried employee. Salaried employees don't get overtime. But you know what? If word get out, get word to get out that this company is um, looking at you so hard that you have to put in, you know, three point one minutes uh, of 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 BlackBerry use, how's that going to affect their reputation as a company that somebody wants to work for? By the way, salaried employees can get overtime, and depending on how little or how much they're making, it has to go to minimum wage limit. Okay. So, and depending on your classification of what, i got to make sure I clarify that, and it depends on your classification of what kind of work you're doing, okay? Because sometimes they can get overtime. I've got to make sure I clarify that because I could get my butt kicked on that one, okay? Because, mm. I mean, if you're, like, say, for example, a professional, and they said, I'm going to give you a salary, but I'm only going to give you 2000 you should be making four based upon classification. Yeah. Okay, so that's what I wanted to make sure I covered that because sometimes you can be underpaid, and so sometimes you can get overtime. Now, what did you say in regards to the BlackBerry? Um, I again, as long as you're working, and I mean physically doing work, you gotta pay be paid for. And oh, here's a great story that was out today. Okay, what? Um, about this, a woman, she's driving, she gets hit by a truck, and she says. The guy was on the phone when he hit her, and she was says, "Hey, he was talking to one of his coworkers. He was working because it's in a company's truck. Okay, he's got to pay." Court said, "Yeah, um, we're gonna let him." I mean, go the, to comp- court. I mean, the company has to pay. Yeah. Because when he had the accident, he was talking to a coworker. Right. Now here's another. The wait, 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 wait. And he was also driving a company car. Right. Okay. Well, that driving a company. No, you don't have to always be driving a company car. You could just be doing the company. You just could be doing a mission. The court said, now this has happened in Georgia, okay? Mm-hmm. And the court said we're going to allow it to go to court and allow a jury to hear this case, okay? So the jury's going to decide if the guy's guilty or not. But because jury, because I think I think Georgia was one of the few states that doesn't have like yes or no about this kind of stuff, okay? Mm-hmm. Now here's the deal. There's another interesting one. I think this one was in California. A guy was going to get cigarettes. And so he pulls into a truck to the 7-Eleven to get cigarettes. He's supposed to go from point A to point B. 
He said, uh, so he made us a little detour. So when he was put and got his cigarettes, when he was pulling out, he hits this other vehicle. Company says we don't want to pay for that. We don't think we should be because he really wasn't supposed to go on a detour. He's not supposed to get cigarettes. He that's against regulations. Court said, hey, he's still working. <laughs> Sorry, he's, you guys got to pay. He's still basically working. He's still doing, even though he took that little detour. He's still doing, going to go do a job for you. So, I mean, and it also depends on every state. It's going to depend on which appellate court or what court says what. There's nothing is ever black and white, you know, but, I mean, these are things what are called precedents, and so they say, hey, this could happen in your state or this could happen to you. So maybe you should look at the rules of your company and figure out that maybe you should make sure you say, oh, by the way, that's another thing. Just because you put it in writing and had somebody sign off on this doesn't mean it's so. Perfect example. You want to use texting, okay? Did you know that a company cannot read their employees' text messages? So what? They can't? No. Because it's on their personal phone? Uh-uh. Company bought the phone and gave it to them. Company owns the phone, and company says, hey, we think that you're talking to your wife a little bit too much and probably doing some gambling or whatever. We don't. So we're going to go ahead and contact Verizon and ask Verizon to send, I'm sorry, Verizon, I'm just using you, you know, rhetorically, okay, you know, hypothetically, okay? Um, so I've got to contact Verizon and ask Verizon to send this over your phone bill so we can see who the hell you're talking to and what your messages are about. No can do. Companies cannot in any shape, way, or form read your messages. Read your text messages. Uh-uh. But how come they can read your email messages? They, they can't read your text- email messages either. A company can all the email they can do is look at who they can look at. So what? They can look at your records, and even that's kind of touch and go. They can look at your records as to whom you were calling, but they can't read your information that's in there. But a company can also can read your email. No. I've always heard that. No. I've always heard that. Personal stop. Okay. I can't com- say e- Okay, I'm going to tell you it's got to be touch and go. The right. text message one I know as of this just came about. This is a precedence that just came about a couple weeks ago. I'm sure I mean, they can't do your I'm text sure. messages. They can't do your email. I am not sure about that, but possibly that might be true. Because it said the way they came out and said is you have the right to protect and to have privacy. You have a right to that. Even so if maybe a phone that I bought you as the company. No, you so can't. It's still, it's still the, it's so technically it's my property. I'm just letting you use it because I'm the company and I bought that for you. And since it's technically mine, I should be able to do with it what I want. You should be, but it's maybe, but it's your, but it's not your messages. Here's the thing: it's not your messages. Hmm. Send me a, send me an article. I, I would like to post that article. Actually, you can go to HireCentrics.com and find it there. Well, alrighty then. <laughs> I actually wrote about something on there um, on HireCentrics.com. Um, can I do that a third time? <laughs> WWE. I know. Do it again. What site is that again, Karen? Oh, it's a, a new site that's in beta form, and it's called HireCentrics, and that's H-I-R-E-C-E-N-T-R-I-X. X is in xylophone. Dot com. 
And yes, it's Xylophone? We're still in beta. That means we really want you guys to tell us if what needs to be changed, what doesn't need to be changed, and there's still a lot of changes to be made. And you can also find Jim Stroud's beautiful blog and listen to us on that site, too, by the way. Because, you know, anyway. I'm still stuck on xylophone. X is in xylophone? Uh-huh. I haven't even heard the, the words. I know what it is. I haven't heard it in so long. What? Xylophone. You never heard that X is in xylophone before? Okay, now. Okay. I was in what, oh, grade? Oh, oh, oh. Actually, an employer's right to monitor email and text messages remains strong. Are you, but you, um, here's another thing, because they're talking about it here. I got a, um, it's like I got a, an email. I'm looking to see if I can open this up. It's opening, it's opening, it's open. Okay, so they said they still have, this here says something different now. Ooh. This says employers continue to have the right to access, monitor, and review an employee's use of emails and text messages when the employee is using company-provided technology. Yet the recent publicity of a Ninth Circuit Court of Appeals decision has created a new buzz about the privacy rights of employees. But this new decision, however, does not create an exception to the generally accepted rule Employees do not have an exception of privacy in the communications that they send with company-provided technology. To the contrary, it outlines the importance of consistent and appropriate enforcement of electronic use policies. So, okay, this is getting more and more confusing because the other case said, hey, with the police officer said, no, you know, you can't, they can't, you can't go look at the text messages. See, here it is. The case arose when the city of Ontario requested and received transcripts of the text messages from Arch Wireless, the outside company which provided the wireless text messages for the city, and they felt that because they felt this guy had overused his pager. The transcripts revealed that many of the messages sent from this gentleman's pager were personal in nature and sexually explicit. So they sued Arch Wireless, and so on, the, so on appeal, the Ninth Court addressed the claims that the SEA and the Fourth Amendment Court did, did, did not evaluate the state privacy claim, that it concluded that the claim was encompassed by the Fourth Amendment privacy claim. Thus, at first glance, it's a question about whether this decision actually extends to private employers since the Fourth Amendment only applies to public employers. So it's kind of gotten a little confusing now. Yeah. Before it said, hey, look, you know, they said the most the most important exception for the employers relates to, to the guy's reasonable exception of privacy in light of the city's computer usage, Internet, and email policy. And they also talked about it in here. One thing they had said was that just because you had a person sign off on a document that said that they agreed to certain X, Y, and Z, that doesn't mean it's going to hold up in court. You know what? It's gotten really more and more confusing now because this, I guess, happened just recently. Yeah, that's why I'm scratching my head. Like, okay. I mean, because one, I mean, I heard one thing. There was one thing, and now this is. And I've always heard. I've always heard the opposite. So. Yeah, I mean, so I just I sent you just a few seconds ago. One of the emails on it, and that was one of the. So let's give them the credit where credit is due. Yeah. And see what they say, you know, because this to me is really quite interesting. Because I wrote about this to You know what? I'm gonna put this on my on my Twitter blog. On your Twitter blog? For people who use Twitter, and you should, although certain people on the call, not me, don't like Twitter, but I love it. 
So if you want to find um, links to this and other interesting uh, articles, go through Twitter, T-W-I-T-T-E-R dot com slash Jim Stroud. That's Twitter dot com slash Jim Stroud. And don't forget, what's the other one not to forget? The other one I think is called Higher Centrics, which is www.H-I-R-E-C-E-N-T-R-I-X, as in X-Man, dot com. Now, why do why can we publicize it here? Because Jim Stroud, my buddy, and my best friend in the whole wide world is Gary. Yeah, he is. Yeah. Like we consider this to be almost like, well, can we can we say it like sister site? Uh, uh, you can say it, sure. Yeah, you know, we we help. We totally are there to help each other succeed, aren't we? That's right. So this is. Hyacentrics is a uh, labor of love for Karen, so please show your support for her by checking out this. And, yes, you can sign in right now. We're still trying to formulate a few other changes in regards to, like, people go there and they're getting confused. And what we're trying to do is to say it's a, it's a one-stop kind of solution for people in the employment recruiting industries, you know, HR recruiting. You know what you can you know what we can do? What? People, if you have questions about higher centrics, just go yeah. check it out and then just send her an email. Are you? Through the site. You hey, you can reach Karen at Karen at TheRecruiterSounds.com or Karen at HireCentrics.com. Uh, and Karen also M. Jim at TheRecruiterSounds.com as well. I have Karen M at HireCentrics. And <laughs> all of that. All right. The timer says we're way over time today. Uh, go figure. That never happens. Um, so if, any, uh, if, any, if all hearts and minds are clear, I'd like to say bye-bye, the Recruiters Lounge audience. Oh, that is so awesome. And thank you guys uh, for being there for us. And what, what number is this, guys? How, how far are we in to know? How, what number of this podcast? Yeah. This is number 100 and, I don't know, 11, I think. Oh, wow. Can you imagine? Okay, yeah. Tell, tell a friend about the, uh, about the podcast. It'll make us smile. We'd appreciate it. Yeah. It always is nice to have a lot more people, isn't it? Yes, it is. Yes, it is. All right. Um, we're going to go now. So, oh, you know what I should say? What? Uh, if you want to advertise on the Recruiter's Lounge, feel free to reach out to us that way as well, too. Oh, wait. That's another thing we want to also say, mm. here's the cool part. What? You can actually advertise on both sites for a discount, too. This is true. You can advertise on the Recruiter's Lounge dot com and the Recruiter's Lounge dot uh the Recruiter's Lounge podcast and also on Higher Centrics has very special rates. So I'll yeah. mail to find out about that. Okay, so now that we over over <laughs> way over our time. <laughs> so bye bye Karen. Bye bye M Jim. Bye bye. Well that's it for this show. You've been a wonderful audience. If you like what you heard, love what you heard, or <laughs> just plain hate what you just heard, uh, let me know. Your feedback matters. You can reach me through my website at jimstroud.com slash podcast. That's J-I-M-S-T-R-O-U-D dot com slash podcast. So until next time, I'm Jim Stroud, and you're not. Radio, radio, radio Innovative audio on demand. And so this ends this edition of the Retro Lounge, home of classic episodes of the Recruiter's Lounge podcast. If you haven't already, uh, subscribe now so you don't miss a future episode. Okay, cool. Until next time, bye-bye. Hi, I'm Emma. And I'm Joe. And, and we're, we're the, the Professional, professional book, book Nerds. Nerds. Two Mondays a month, we interview authors and talk about their upcoming books, what drives them, and their go-to order at the cafe. 
On Thursdays, we share recommendations and dive into topics readers face, like how do I actually read the books on my to-be-read list? You can find the Professional Book Nerds podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Want to learn more about us? Our website is professionalbooknerds.com, and you can find us on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok at ProBookNerds. We hope you'll come and listen, and as always, happy happy reading. reading!